It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. Greening Law, of course, a personal injury lawyer located in Dallas, Texas. They take care of that legal battle so that you can focus on healing and renewal. But right now, that moment that we've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. And this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast, version 313 here this evening, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain, people. And I don't know if we were dazzled or entertained. If, if you are a Packers fan, you probably were. If you're a Cowboys fan, you have a lot of question marks. After this loss, the Cowboys dropping to 6-3 and three with the loss on the road in Green Bay, who, I mean, I tweeted this out after the game. I was like, man, the damn Packers, it's, it's, they're just the Cowboys kryptonite. Uh, for whatever reason, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers always gets the best. And then somebody put out the number. He's now 8-2 and two in his life against the Dallas Cowboys. And I believe it. And we saw it again tonight. And we got a lot to discuss, man. There's a, there's a lot to go through here with the offense, the defensive issues, some things that there are obviously some cracks in what this team is. I think that that's very, very obvious. And we, we kind of knew that going in. But, man, they were all somewhat exposed tonight, it felt like. Nah, bro. It, um, you know, I, I kind of told you when we first started talking, they were winning and they appeared to be in control, but I just never liked the way they were playing the entire night. And I tweeted about that early in terms of they're really getting blown off the line of scrimmage, whether they're running straight ahead or whether they're running on the perimeter. So I never feel comfortable about them being able to stop them in any kind of short yardage situations. And then uh, the past offense, it just seemed off to me. Dak didn't seem like he was in a good spot. And I'm not just talking about the two interceptions. I'm talking about just, I don't know, bro. They, they just looked out of sync in the passing game early. And um, the combination of those two things was, even though they were up because of the way the defense was playing and giving up yards to whoever Christian Watson was, I had to go look that dude up. I just, man, I didn't think they were going to lose. But I, I was like, this just don't feel good to me. Yeah, Christian Watson was one of those guys who they drafted in, in this draft this past year, and he played at North Dakota State. And he was one of those dudes, you know, will this translate because he was a burner. He was a tall, fast guy at North Dakota State, put up some huge numbers, and the Packers went out on a limb, didn't pick him in the first round, but took him in the early part of the second round. And he was supposed right. to be one of those guys that might develop into a big-time receiver for him. But holy well, crap, man, I mean, the Cowboys had, had uh, no answers for him. No, and he had all of 10 catches for 88 yards and no touchdowns yeah. when the day began. Yeah, and he had a bunch of drops this season that were huge drops, and it was a frustration where, you know, kind of Aaron Rodgers had gotten frustrated with them and had gone away from him a little bit. So you see some of those things, and, and you know, overall, man, this is just – this is a game that is inexcusable to me. Like, you shouldn't you, – you can't be up 28-14, to 14 and, and everybody saw the stat – they are up 28 to 14 going into the fourth quarter, and that is the first time in the franchise history of the Cowboys that, that they have ever. Yeah, that they've ever happened. I mean, in, in, in regular season playoffs, the first time ever they were 195 and 0 
when leading by 14 or more points in the fourth quarter and they finally lose one and there's wow. there's a lot of reasons why which is nuts but we we got to get into this there's so many thoughts that we have here about this cowboys loss in green bay but we'll tell you about the attorneys the green team robert greening if you've been hurt in a car accident if you've experienced malpractice from a physician or a hospital or if you've been injured on the premises of a business your first call needs to be to the lawyers of greening law because they've handled it all they're handling my case and and they really they put everything together for you and they they try and find the best possible outcome for you dealing with these insurance companies that can be a pain in the ass to work with they go to bat for you well, Matt's told you this, and um, you know I've listened enough to know that it's it's the real deal, and and that's why I always tell you, if you're involved in one of these accidents, and you know maybe it's at a residence, maybe it's at a business, maybe it's a it's a car accident, it doesn't really matter. The best thing you can do is call the greening team, the green team, and and here's why: who doesn't want somebody to help them out in terms of holding up a flashlight, walking them down the path, say, hey, turn left turn right keep straight so that you know exactly what you're doing in the process that as Matt has told y'all can be really tedious really complicated and at times a little bit frustrating it is and indeed and that's why you need greening law on your side 972-934-8900 again 972-934-8900 keep in mind your consultation is absolutely free it's robert greening call him now offices dallas texas a lot of thoughts in this one, Jacques. And as you said, there just seemed to be something that was off. You look at it overall, Dak was kind of ho-hum today. He had some really good moments. He had some not-so-good moments. Threw it 46 times. The Cowboys ran a ton of plays in this thing. I mean, 77 plays overall. They ran it 31 times. Tony Pollard had a college or NFL career high of 22 carries. He also had another three catches, 25 touches tonight for Tony Pollard, who was doing a little bit of everything. And, and you just you kind of saw some miscommunications and, and the defense have some cracks. It is obvious. But I guess we can start with the offensive side, those two interceptions that Dak threw. And again, I think it's funny because and I'm not trying to call this dude out, but Joey, who, who sends us a message, he goes, Dak is not the sole reason we lost, but he was a large per portion why. That first INT door swung the, swung the momentum and left the door open for Green Bay to win the game. We should have been up 14 points, but instead that happened. He says, haven't seen anything different from Dak going into the season that makes me optimistic. He peaked as a rookie. It's been a descent ever since. Love the podcast, but you all have your Dak shades on when you're scrutinizing the quarterback. I don't know how in the world you thought that those two picks were on Dak, but if you want to argue the second one was fine, it, it was blatantly obvious the first interception was 100% on Dalton Schultz, which is why CeeDee Lamb and Dak were talking to him like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. I mean, some, you know, Dak is, um, I don't think anybody has any problem criticizing Dak. I mean, I really don't. You don't have any problem criticizing Dak if for no other reason than he's one of those professional quarterbacks who, if you do it, it doesn't it doesn't have any effect on how he treats you the next time he sees you, unlike some other guys uh, where it would. So there's never been any fear of, uh, of criticizing Dak. Um, most of it is, is just keeping it real, which rubs some people the wrong way because they see him as either good or bad right. as opposed to shades of gray, which is how me and Matt tend to see him. Uh, that being said... You could look at Dak's reaction. Dak, when he throws a pick, 
pretty much says, okay, yeah, that one's that one's on me. That one's right. my fault. You know, does the whole chest pat thing or whatever, and you can tell. But these, I mean, even the second one, I mean, and I'm not smart enough to look at it and tell just from knowing, but even then he looked like somebody wasn't right where they were supposed to be. And so we'll find out more later. But um, I think he is right on this point. When the defense gives you a turnover at the uh, at the eleven yard line, yeah, you got it. You have to score. Yeah, you have to score seven because this is a team that's down. You know, lost five straight games. They don't believe that they can win. They've been reading all week about how they can't win, and now you start the game up seven nothing, and you get a turnover right away. You go up fourteen nothing. You have an opportunity there to really put them away. Because, yeah, in the fourth quarter, they had had offensive success, so they had hope that they could move the ball given a certain set of circumstances. Early in the game, they hadn't really done much yet, and so it was your chance to seize that moment and say, oh, my God, we've been gifted yeah. an opportunity right now. Let's make them one-dimensional so we can tee off on Aaron Rodgers and, and put this thing away. But they didn't do it. Yeah, they didn't do it. And again, it was lack of execution. It was a mistake on the route by Schultz, who didn't do the right route. And CeeDee Lamb, it, it, it was confronted. The second interception, I mean, again, if you were watching the game, Greg Olson broke it down perfectly. Greg Olson, who played in the NFL for years, was like, that's on the receiver. He's got to come across the face of the safety. He didn't do that. Dak was anticipating that he was going to. Dak threw it to where he was supposed to be instead of where he was. And again, that's not on Dak. And, and that's not Dak shades. That's the reality of sometimes in the NFL, when the quarterback throws a pass, if the receiver does something incorrectly, it becomes an interception. That being said, they had opportunities today and they couldn't capitalize on it. They missed too many opportunities. And really, I mean, to me, that's what it comes down to. Because this was a, a weird game offensively, like you kind of mentioned because I don't know what else you want them to do. I mean, they ran it 31 times. You really don't want Dak to have to throw it 46 times. And I think even if you take out overtime, he had gone, I think it was either 40 or 41 pass attempts in regulation. Right. But overall, I thought Dak was fine. I, I don't put a lot of this on Dak. I, I put actually most of it on the defense. The offense well, scored 30 or the offense gave you 28 points today. And when the defense needed to make a couple of stops in the fourth quarter in overtime, they couldn't do it. Right. But that's why, it's, that's why it's a team game. Like, the reason I said it was a weird thing is, yeah, you know, the number's 265, but they only averaged like 5.8 attempt or, or something like that at one point. And so they weren't getting very much production out of those. Um, you know, Schultz and Gallup, they, they weren't stretching the field. Uh, that's what I mean by just, yeah, they were putting up some numbers. They were making some plays here and there, but I guess it was more inconsistent, spotty sputtering coughing sputtering like an old jalopy as they used to say it was more of that for me as opposed to kind of a smooth uh deal that being said all stuff you said is right you know you wondered if um if they trusted i mean malik davis did fine but you wondered if they trusted him just a smidgen more uh if they could have run it a little bit more because i told you you know you don't you still don't really want dak throwing that many times a game of course we could also say bro if they would quit holding on the overtime drive, they probably yeah. scored a touchdown because Green Bay was fading and couldn't stop them. Yeah, and again, I, I, you guys lose me when the other thing, when you, you try to blame the refs. Like Greg tweeted in, he said, it's hard to win when referees won't call clear pass interference on third down and overtime. The fanning holding call two plays before was incredibly soft. Referees inserted themselves into a great game and changed the outcome. I, I just completely disagree with that because why were they in overtime? Yeah. 
again, you, you did something that led to that point. It was a letdown of a game that you had in the bag that you should have won that put you that put you in those positions. Was it pass interference on Lamb that should have been called? I thought so. They didn't call it. Don't put yourself in a position where that type of call swings the game for or against you. The holding call I thought was obvious. I, I don't know how else you want them. As Greg Olson broke down on the on the broadcast, if you are an offensive lineman and you get your hands on the outside of the guy you're blocking and throw him to the ground, they're going to call holding every time. Well, I mean, I, th- I just think it's um, it's even more basic than that, bro. The refs make bad calls on both sides at the end of the day. And typically, uh, you know, it's, it's just very rare in my opinion that, um, that the refs cost you a game because there's so many more plays in the game that you cost yourself or opportunities you didn't take advantage of. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, man, I just, I literally, uh, before we started the show, sent uh, Armando a text and said, I just don't get into blaming the refs. That's not why they lost. And if you talk to the, to the guys, they'll tell you that's not why they lost. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, because there's too many, there's too much of it that happens in the course of a game. And, and I just, I'm not going to buy into that. I, I never have. There's just so many opportunities where you could have done something better, executed something else better. So you have to accept the blame for yourself. It, again, it goes back to the play we were just talking about on the first interception in the end zone. Execute that play correctly. If Schultz does what he's supposed to do, that's a touchdown and the Cowboys are up 14 to nothing. It, it's, it's things of that nature that happen throughout the course of the game that they've just got to be better at. And again, we, we saw some of the nice passes that Dak had. I mean, the, the pass to Lamb for the 30 yarders, right, the play right before Pollard hit that 13 yard touchdown run that put him up 21 to 14. We saw some really nice passes from Dak in the fourth quarter that he made some nice plays on. Hell, that that pass that he had when they went for it on fourth and four in overtime and he immediately is under pressure and is getting pulled down. I I mean, he almost made something happen on a play where I thought he had been hit for a sack and a loss of a couple of yards. Yeah, they just um, I just uh, like I said, man, the way I was feeling, I didn't have a lot of especially when they kept getting these penalties because they were moving the ball to me more effectively on the ground with the threat of the pass. And so. When they couldn't really have the run threat, I was like, yeah, I just don't like the way this is feeling. Um, it wasn't, I mean, fourth and four, third and four, those are not bad downs. So certainly you can work with them. But, you know, I just didn't have a comfortable feeling about their offense because it was so inconsistent today. Um, but, dude, they, you know, they uh, they don't have a lot of room for error now. And uh, this was, uh, I think, inexcusable is a good word for it, man. This was a... You know, this was one at the beginning of your season set. You said, oh, it's going to be tough to win. Then when the season starts, you go, oh, no, this one you can go get. And uh, ultimately, they should have gotten it today. Yeah, they should have. And again, this is the second most points that they have scored in a game this season. 28 points from your offense. Now, granted, some of this is going to be skewed because they did play in overtime, but they had 421 yards of offense, which is their second highest total of offense of the year. Both those, of course, the Chicago game when they put up 442 and 49 were the season highs. They committed nine penalties. This is a team that continues to struggle with penalties. That is nothing new. It's not that the refs are out to punish the Dallas Cowboys. They're committing a lot of these penalties. These are penalties. I, I, again, 
this is something the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy in the last couple of years, we have seen rear up from time to time. Nine penalties tonight. The flip side of this and the reason why they lost this game to me is not the referees. It is not because wide receivers or Dak had miscommunications because they did all that and were up 28 to 14 going in the fourth quarter. And this defense that is supposed to be the stud defense, when you asked them to make a play for you, they couldn't. And you look at this in the fourth quarter, they allowed two massive drives. They had a nine for 76 yard play drive and a touchdown and a 10 for 89 yard drive and a touchdown from the Packers. And they got gashed and gashed and gashed in the run game. And that is a problem. Well, let's take it one step further before we dip into that run defense. If Mike McCarthy had any faith at all in his defense, um, you know, he, he might have played it differently and, and, and not gone for it on fourth down. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't have. But, you know, just when you've got – when your defense is giving up the ass today, the way they were giving up today, it just makes everything you do a lot more suspect because you got no trust in them, even though they've been good all year. Uh, run defense, brother. It's a copycat league. Until you fix it, kind of like how uh, teams were dropping eight against Dak last year, until mm-hmm. you fix it, brother, you're going to keep seeing it. There's a reason why Aaron Rodgers threw 20 passes a day, six in the first half. Yeah, this is a problem for the Cowboys. This is a real problem. That is now back-to-back games in which they have given up over 200 yards on the ground, 240 to the Bears a couple of weeks ago, the 207 today to the Packers. You know, Philadelphia ran on them. The Giants earlier this year ran all over them. The Commanders ran all over them. Tampa and the opener ran all over them. They've really only had a couple of games in which they were effective against the run. And this is a serious problem. You you can't have a rush defense that allows your opponent to run for 5.3 yards an attempt and have success as the year goes on and on because you're going to run into bad weather games when you're on the road if you're playing outdoors where teams are going to run. And in the playoffs, as we all know, if you can't defend the run, you're going to go home very quickly. Yeah, see, the problem is, and this is where complimentary football comes into mind, part of the problem is why are they a good defense? Because they can run like the wind and go chase the ball and go make plays. Well, how do you get to be able to run like the wind? You don't weigh very much. And so they can get pushed around simply because they're facing more physical, bigger teams. Uh, the way you exploit that is what they miss the opportunity of today. One, you either get ahead, um, you know, 14 nothing, and force them to kind of leave their game plan behind. Or you have to do more of winning on first down. Uh, Yeah, you can give up run yards, but if you win on first down or you have some more tackle for losses or you do stuff like that where you can disrupt the drive early in the drive, then you can make them go to their pass defense, I mean their pass offense, and then uh, it swings back in your favor. Yeah, and and, and that is something that it's – you know, they made the move for Hankins, and hopefully that at some point you thought might help having that big, meaty guy in the middle. But they, the run defense in the last couple of games has just been not good. I mean, there's really no other way to paint that picture. Now, they obviously had some problems defensively when Anthony Brown went out with the injury, and you saw a lot of Deron Bland today. You saw it a, lot, a lot of Kelvin Joseph today. We mentioned it earlier coming into the podcast, the fact that Christian Watson just was running by guys like they didn't even exist on the field. Multiple plays, you know, the 55-yard, whatever it was, or 58-yard touchdown pass. Where it was Anthony Brown. 
Yeah, it was when Anthony Brown was on, and he just went right by him and got burned in multiple other plays. The play in overtime where Bland, unfortunately, and they didn't show a good angle, or at least I didn't see one, where he fell down. I don't know why, and Lazard is wide open, and, and you knew as soon as he caught that ball and took off, the game was over. Pretty much, yeah. Um, nah, bro. The I mean, you're right about that. That's, you know, dude, when you get corners hurt, because remember, they're already down Jordan Lewis. And so, you know, they were stressed for them, for, for Anthony Brown to go out and two of your top three are out. You don't even have to fool with Trayvon uh, Diggs. You just throw it at the, at the other guys. And, you know, I think the bigger issue was, you know, Deron Bland had been uh, pretty good in the slot. But now you ask him to go outside mm-hmm. where he's not quite as comfortable. And even Kelvin Joseph has been outside more, not in the slot. So now he's uncomfortable a little bit. All of that combined – led to trouble in the passing game because even though they only threw 20 passes it was for 224 yards and three touchdowns man the passer rating 146.7 yeah they got their ass kicked in the passing game they got their ass kicked against the run and to me i put this on the defense because 28 points from this offense and what they did offensively i thought was enough to get the job done and again you just you can't let you can't let it happen you can't be up 28 to 14 going into the fourth quarter and allow Green Bay to go 10 for 89 right down the field on you where they're just getting chunk here and a chunk there where you've got Jones running for six yards and Dylan up the middle for 17 yards. You just can't allow those types of chunk plays. And that's what the Cowboys did. And they could not stop what Green Bay was doing at all in the fourth quarter. They had they had no answers whatsoever for Green Bay as they headed into the fourth quarter. And, and it was just chunk here, chunk there, chunk here, and, and right down their throat. And each one of those drives, you know, had too many plays that the Cowboys defense just got abused on. What, before we move on, let's just go ahead and we got a lot to dive into, but let's tell you about Bruce Biltong. Because Bruce Biltong might take the, the bad taste of this Cowboys loss out of your mouth with the good taste of Bruce Biltong. It's B-R-U-S. B-I-L-T-O-N-G. If you are a fan of beef jerky, you're going to love Biltong because it's it's more tender. It's savory. It isn't impossible to chew. You don't feel like you're chewing actual pieces of leather. It's Biltong, which is a 100% air-dried beef. It's a South African tradition, and they now are offering it to you at Bruce Biltong. So you got to jump online, man. Check it out and, and see for yourself what we're talking about. Nah, I've told y'all from the jump. I get down with the slice build tongue. Uh, Matt loves it too. That slab where it shows up like a slab, and you slice it to your own uh, preference. That thing will grow on you if you if you if you give it a whirl. Uh, it's terrific. But the best thing about it, man, two hundred thirty calories, two ounce pouch, uh, thirty grams of protein. It's a great snack middle of the day. Uh, you know, late in the afternoon, whenever, man, because you can't go wrong with it. It's got no carbs in it, so it's nothing but protein filling up your muscles. That's exactly right. It's delicious, and it's available for you online at bruisebiltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15, and you'll get 15% off your order. JAM15 at checkout. Also, of course, JR and his guys over there at Freeway Tire Shop just north of downtown Dallas. They handle it all, and, and we have been talking about him for a long time. And I'll tell you guys, if you're a new listener or you haven't gotten around to experiencing JR yet, if you are in the Dallas area, it is worth, I don't care how far you are. You, oh, I don't want to drive a half hour for that. Well, do you want to have peace of mind? Do you want to drop your car off and know you can trust the work being done? Then yeah, Freeway is the place you need to be. Um, I think Freeway is good because 
for me, man, it's a trust factor. That's just the way it is. I can trust them to diagnose what's wrong with my car, and then I can trust them to use quality parts to fix it. Because we all know, Matt, not everybody does. And then the thing I also love about JR and his crew, I trust a fair price. It's, and I mean, that's simple. It doesn't matter whether you're getting a, because uh, I've had it all done, man. A brand new engine put in a car, new tires, all of that. But I always feel good about the price. And then I can trust him to stand behind his work. And who doesn't want that, man? Uh, those four, that's why you should drive right up to 35 in Commonwealth, uh, north on 35. Uh, it's about five minutes from downtown. Give JR a shot. You'll be glad you did. You can thank us later. A lot of people have. It's the way to do it, man. It's Freeway Tire Shop online at freewaytireshop.com. You can request a quote, schedule an appointment. So we get back into our Cowboys conversation, and there's just a lot of frustration. There's a lot of frustration from watching this game to where I honestly felt at 28 to 14, I thought they had this thing. I thought that the game was in the bag because it's 28 to 14. And it was interesting because once it got to that point and they're up, CeeDee Lamb has, I mean, a gorgeous pass from Dak for a 35-yard touchdown. It's 28-14. to The Cowboys finally get their 100-yard receiver because CeeDee, at that point, had broken the 100-yard mark and, and was having a phenomenal game. And then the very next thing that happens, the Cowboys hold him on a third and seven for an incomplete. And then it's fourth and seven for the Packers, and they decide to go for it. And that's when they hit watson who goes right by deron bland and it's 28 to 21 and at that point you start thinking okay this is this seems interesting but let's see what happens and man i i just i guess that's where the bum out factor comes because i kept thinking that the defense would make a play they didn't and then on the very last drive of the game when the packers had the ball i mean i i thought when the cowboys got the ball back with two minutes and didn't do anything i go great so here comes aaron Rodgers. this game's over and then they held them finally and i thought okay well this is interesting and in the end it didn't matter anyway no it's a very frustrating loss and, and again man you know you can't lose sight of um the penalties in in, in overtime because they were uh, they were crucial because they were moving the ball i mean you know tony Pollard goes up the middle for nine Whoops. yes there's an offsides and even though you end up converting that, you know, your boy Davis went up the middle for 16, bro. Nope. We're going to bring that back. And 16 was at the Packers 28. At that point, they had all the momentum. Nope. You brought it all the way back to yeah. the 49. And that one you couldn't overcome. Those were huge penalties, man. Um, it's Connor McGovern. What can you say? He's just a guy. If they can continue to steady things later in the year, maybe that'll be Tyler Smith and it'll be Ty- Tyron Smith on the other side. But... Those are the types of mistakes that, um, I mean, you can sit there and blame the refs if you want to. The refs didn't have anything to do with those. The refs, uh, the refs aren't the ones that held. Right. And they just so, called the hold. I mean, and, and again, I just, to me, it was holding. And, and the guys on the broadcast were like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, they're going to call it. I don't know what to tell you guys. You, you, you can't yeah, have mistakes like that. I've told you all before that usually you, uh, you commit penalties from poor technique or you're not good enough and so you have to cheat and Connor McGovern is probably because he's just a guy not good enough on some occasions and, and has to cheat as opposed to Tyler Smith who if, if you listen to most folks would tell you his penalties are a result of poor technique they both hurt 
but one of them fades over time as you get better and the other one just becomes more pronounced as you get worse because you weren't that good to start with. Yeah, and so it kills you in overtime because as you pointed out, after the hold at second and 19, they make the nice play to Schultz who gets 14 on that and that makes it a third and four. They don't call the pass interference. Okay, I, I thought it was pass interference as well. I, I think on the replay, even the guys in the broadcast are like, yeah, you know, Alexander got got there a little early. But again, don't put yourself in position in a game like that where that's going to be something that happens for you. Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, man, the hold on McGovern was a big one because they had they created some momentum. They're at the 28. Uh, now you've got, yeah. you know, uh, for for Maher, who's been kicking this year, now you have a solid field goal in your pocket. You don't have to trip on it. Um, you know, you could have attempted a 52-yard field goal, but in that weather, I'm not mad at you if you didn't. Uh, what was the wind chill? I think the wind chill was down to 25. It was 32. It was late at night. Uh, ball's going to be a little harder. So uh, that uh, that wouldn't bother me at all. It's, uh, it's what Matt said, man. It's put yourself in a bad position. And, um, you know, this is what happens when you let bad teams hang around and you don't put them out of their misery early, bro. Yeah, it is. And, and it's a frustrating as hell loss, man. This is a very, very frustrating loss. And is one, as I, I said earlier, is inexcusable that you are a better team, we thought, than Green Bay. And you went in there and coming off of a bye, it just felt like they didn't they, they were lacking whatever it is that they needed tonight. And it's hard to put your finger on it. But again, this defense, I just keep going back to the defense, man, because we had talked about how good this defense is over and over and over again. And this defense, multiple times in this game, let them down. No, there's no doubt about that. Now, um, let me see how I want to say this. You know, they have to play better. They didn't get a lot of splash plays, big plays from Michael Parsons today as teams continue to try to figure out how to deal with him and make him the focal point of their game plans every week. Um, they just, uh, it, you know, they have to play a certain way to win, bro. When they play that way, they win. And that's um, defensively, they got to get off the field because – they're not big, and so when they, yeah. they miss tackles or, or guys, you know, see, they miss a couple tackles today that turned like third and eight into third and two or third and three. Uh, and those, those five yards that somebody gets because you miss a tackle, those matter in those situations uh, because when they don't get off the field, they're so light, dude, they can get run over. I mean, there's a reason why they acquired Hankins. It's because they needed some more big boys in the middle of the field because they're a small, fast defense uh, that when they can play a certain way, they're, they're very hard to beat. But if you can make them turn it into a physical game, you can kick their ass like what happened today. Because think about it, Doc. When did you ever see them on a consistent level control the line of scrimmage today? Never. No, I mean, Green Bay, Aaron Jones, I mean, he ended up with like 138. He yeah. was... He was running free. You know, the, I mean, the line of scrimmage was moving in the opposite way most of the day. And that's why I tweeted real early. Like, I just don't like the run game. This was like four or five runs into the game. I was like, it's just got a bad feel to it. It don't have an adjustment feel to it. It has a we just kicking your ass feel to it. Yeah, and, and, and this is the blueprint, man. I mean, the Bears were able to figure out how to run all over them. And a lot of that was Justin Fields. But again, 
this is a team that now you have seen its Achilles Hill and it's been exposed and you kind of wonder moving forward. I mean, again, you, you've got a tough trip to Minnesota who went into Buffalo today and pulled out a win. By the way, those of you who are all pissed off at Dak and, and maybe what he did, Josh Allen threw three picks in the fourth quarter and fumbled a snap in the end zone. So Josh Allen, and, and yeah, oh, he's got a, a banged up elbow. He's still playing, and he's been making a lot of mistakes lately. And all of a sudden, Buffalo looks extremely beatable as they lost to Minnesota today at home. But you've now got to go on the road to take on a Minnesota team that is eight and one. A Minnesota team that I don't know how many of you are familiar with this name has Dalvin Cook at running back. And if you can't stop Aaron Jones in the Green Bay Packers running game, Dalvin Cook and Minnesota will run it all over you. Well, let's 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 say it like this. They're going to try. They're going to line up and that's going to be a huge part of their game plan uh, because they've seen the weakness or they'll see it as soon as they check out the tape. And uh, their guys better than uh, than Aaron Jones. And so, yeah, that's why. Uh, remember when I was telling you what uh, Dennis Thurman was telling me about the the 81 Cowboys? If you don't fix it, you will see it again. It's the same concept, man. He was talking about a game 40 years ago. It's the same concept. Until you fix your run defense or dissuade people from doing it, you're going to see it with quite a bit of regularity. Yeah, and again, there's no reason not to. At this point, the, the Cowboys have proven you can run on them. You can run on them almost at will. After you get Dalvin Cook and the Vikings, you get Saquon Barkley and the Giants. And then after that, we'll see if he's healthy or not. You've got Jonathan Taylor and a Colts team that won today. And again, They've got to fix this. And if you can't fix this late year road games to Tennessee and Washington in the final week of December and in the final week of January, Derrick Henry will run all over your ass. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I give Dan Quinn a lot of credit. I think he's a good coach. So I think they will attempt to fix it or I think it'll get it'll get better. But the, the hard part is this started three games in 12 days. Right. That's what the Cowboys always do. So you don't have a lot of room or a lot of time to get it done. So uh, it's 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 a real deal, bro. Um, they have got to get it fixed and got to get it fixed quickly. They got to get it fixed quickly. And this is a team, again, this has been a problem all season long. So whatever the solution is, you're running out of opportunities to find a good way to fix it. Because you're now 6-3 and three and you're allowing 143 yards a game on average, which depending on how some of these other things play out this week, and it's, this is a bottom five rush defense. And so it's, and like we said, I mean, if you can't stop the run in the playoffs, even if you get into the wild card, you're going to go on the road as a wild card at this point, and you're going to have to face a team who'll go, well, hell, we'll just run it and keep the ball away from the Cowboys and beat them that way. Uh, I mean, I think as you guys know, the, the problem is, you know, you just have to you, – you can't have teams running around here being two-dimensional. They can't have a run and a pass option because yeah. it's too hard to stop. And so you have got to stop the run just to stop that from taking place. Uh, or you have to play it well enough to dissuade people from doing it or get ahead of them to dissuade them from doing it with regularity. When you don't, you run into a situation like you had today. Yeah, a situation like you had today, which was not good. And, you know, defensively, obviously, the loss of Jordan Lewis, as we kind of mentioned, and then Anthony Brown going down at a part in the game, it, it was apparent. You know, now all of a sudden, you are thin in the secondary. When Michael Gallup went out, thank God he was okay. Because to me, when he pulled up like that in that, uh, that route on the end zone and nobody had touched him, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, not again. But uh, that shows you. 
that they are thin at some of the positions on this team where you're an injury away from having some serious problems. And now all of a sudden in the secondary, if Anthony Brown's going to be banged up for a, a little while, you're going to have to rely on Kelvin Joseph, who's just a guy, and you're going to have to rely on the rookie, Deron Bland, and they're just going to have to grow up and be a lot better. I mean, if they can, you know, I say this all the time. Sometimes there ain't no next, next man up. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a next body up, but ain't no next man up. Like, oh no 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 no. There's a reason why people are backups, a third string, a fourth string, a practice squad, bro. Um, they can only do so much. And so, if Anthony Brown is out for an extended period of time, um, it's going to be a problem. Now, you would hope guys who get the full week of practice will be better because they'll get all the reps and stuff. Uh, but whenever you stick a guy in there who's who's replacing the starter, man, typically there's a drop-off. And so you have to just accept it. Yeah, well, they're going to have to figure it out because if they don't, they're going to have some real problems here. And again, you're six and three now, and we've kind of gone through this before, but you look around in your own division, you are now behind the Giants because the Giants won again today, and they are now seven and two. We know that the Eagles won, or the Eagles are eight and zero, and they've got the Monday night football game. They're playing Washington, so we'll see how that sorts out. But when you look around the construct of the NFC, this is one that's going to sting you. Seattle fortunately lost to Tampa Bay, so they're six and four, and you're still right there ahead of Seattle and one game behind the Giants. You're ahead of Tampa at five and five, but of course they beat you earlier in the year. San Francisco, as we record this, they're playing the Chargers right now. It, it looks like they're going to have a little something coming. But this was one I thought they were going to have, man. They, there's just no other way around that you shouldn't have lost this game, and they did. It's disappointing, and, and it shows that this team is flawed, much like a lot of the teams in the NFL. There's a lot of flaws in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we knew they were flawed. Um, you just, uh, you know, man, all teams have games like this. Uh, you know, if you saw Buffalo today snatch victory or defeat from victory, um, and I've got a theory on how they did that with a with a very improbable fumble at the end of the game, mm. but it happens, man. Um, that's why. Remember last week when I was saying, you know, I just don't. This team to me is not good enough to style point wins. They just have to stack them. That's why I said that. I've never thought this was a powerhouse team. It's a team that can win when it plays a certain style of football. Yeah. Um, they didn't play that style today. Uh, they gave up, well, I think, dude, five plays of 30, 30, 30 yards or more. It's hard to win like that, bro, especially when you had the turnovers that they had. That's a lot of bad plays out there, and that's why they lost. Yeah, you can't do that, man. And, and, and again, in the run game, they just kept getting gashed. I mean, hell, Aaron Jones had a 30-yard run himself, and Dylan had at least one for 17, and it felt like there was multiple times where they gave up plays in the run game just over 10 yards. It's just... It sucked. It was a suck performance, especially defensively from the Cowboys today. So there you have it. So now, you, <laughs> you know, and, and again, now you got to figure this out and you've got to figure out how you're going to get one back. And maybe it's next week against Minnesota. Minnesota is a good team. If you can go on the road and, and figure out some of these issues, then maybe you can go on the road and pick up a win and you're sitting at seven and three. But reality of it is, if you're going to play like this, you're going to be sitting at six and four, and then all of a sudden your eyebrows kind of raise up a little bit. But I don't know. I, I kind of figured they would split these two games. I, didn't, I don't know if I believed they'd go on the road and beat both. 
I thought they'd beat Green Bay. I don't know if I thought they'd beat Minnesota. And now I'm kind of wondering about that as well, just because of what Minnesota wants to do. If they're going to have problems at cornerback, I mean, Justin Jefferson can just is virtually impossible to cover anyway. Is Trayvon going to be able to shut him down? We'll see. This is going to be an interesting one next week because six and four with two straight losses coming off of a bye, I think you kind of raise your eyebrows and wonder what this team is going to be if that's going to happen. Well, I mean, I think uh, we just have to be careful not to overreact. I mean, it's a week-by-week league. Sure. Uh, Teams look great one week and look like trash the next week. Uh, Teams play trash for five weeks and then look good the next week. Um, we just have to see how, how they come out and play. And and then we have to get a real sense for the injury situation because that's real yeah. for every for every team that you play. And so it matters whether Anthony Brown's going to play or whether he's not going to play. It matters whether you get Zeke back or whether you don't get Zeke back. All that stuff matters. Uh, the biggest thing that matters is uh, they got to find some consistency in their passing game, man. Um, you know, there's been some good moments and bad moments. There haven't been very many fluid games where it just looks good from start to finish. Um, from the quarterback and the receiver's standpoint. So they got to continue to work on that because, um, you know, it's it's a team game, bro. So when your, off, your defense is slumping, you need your offense to pick them up. Yeah, you got to do something with it. And, and we'll see if they can figure that out moving forward. But we got to tell you about Smokey John's Barbecue. And I know many of you are fully aware that Thanksgiving is coming up before you know it, obviously. It'll be here a week from Thursday. And so if you're trying to get your Thanksgiving orders in with Smokey John's, now is the time that you want to do that. And they offer a variety of different options for Thanksgiving. The last day that you can order, if you want it in time for Thanksgiving, is coming up on Wednesday, November the 16th. If you are looking to order your Thanksgiving meal, and again, keep this in mind with Smokey John's. They've got that large meal that feeds 12 people for $189.95. They've got a smaller version of that, which feeds six people for $159. 95. They've got turkey leg meals. They can do custom smoked meats for you. They can do dressing stuffed turkey legs. You can get a two pack or a four pack. So a lot of options for your Thanksgiving dinner with Smokey John's barbecue. And I'm telling you, man, unless you're some kind of an elite level cook, you might want to consider going that option because it's probably better than what you make. I'd say if you're not some elite level cook, choose that option because it's better than what you're going to make. Right, yeah. Uh, no, Smoky John's is great, man. Uh, everything that they touch is gold. And uh, seriously, if you don't want to spend all day cooking, man, go call them and let them make your life easier. It's easy to do. It's Smokey John's Barbecue. You can see the menus. You can find out more information just in time for Thanksgiving. You got to get your order in by Wednesday. So check out SmokeyJohns.com for more information. Also, of course, HFX Foundation Solutions. Again, guys, we've been telling you this for a while now, but it's reality, especially after the summer that Texas went through in the DFW area, your foundation, all that heat the massive drought, so many days without rain, and then the deluge, that can screw up a foundation. And if you're seeing some cracks that weren't there before, if you're seeing some sticking doors, you need to call HFX Foundation Solutions. It's a free, no obligation inspection. They will come out and see what's going on. 817-770-0174. Don't mess around with foundation. Nah, man. Um, There's a reason why we call call it, uh, you know, Lovingly, the colonoscopy for your crib. Colonoscopy is important for men to do, is, uh, you know, and women to do. It gives you peace of mind for your health. 
colonoscopy for your crib is the same thing. Just all that stuff Matt was talking about. Sticking windows, sticky doors, cracks, all that stuff. Hey, man, go get the colonoscopy for your crib. You just have to say it. They already know what you're talking about. And, hey, get the peace of mind that comes from having Aaron and his team say, hey, everything's cool. And if there is something, chances are you caught it early and it's just a fraction of what it would be if you caught it late. Trust me on that. Yep, you're exactly right. They handle it all, man. A full-service foundation repair company. They service all of DFW. And don't forget, they can handle your drainage and gutter installations as well. So give them a call, 817-770-0174 or online at hfxfoundation.com. So some interesting Twitter comments, and I get it. I mean, there's a lot of frustration from Cowboys fans. Raphael tweets in, what a disappointing end. Mike tweets in, Dallas Cowboys after a bye week look like they need another bye week. $40 million quarterback, yeah. Jackson tweets in, fire everybody. This organization is a joke. This was a worse performance than the Tampa Bay game where they slept walk. A complete team-wide breakdown off two weeks of preparation. Larry tweets in, an embarrassment of effort. I get it, guys. I, I, I feel the frustration as well. This is... These are the types of losses that you just can't expect if you want to get where you want to go in the season. You, 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 man, you got to win a damn game. You're up 28-14 in the fourth quarter. You just do. No, I mean, especially when you're 195-0 as a franchise. So clearly this doesn't happen often. Um, dude, I just think that that's uh, about regrouping. I mean, they, they, they overcame some adversity during the game early when they were struggling but like i said i thought they i mean i i, I didn't like the way they were playing but it, i'm not gonna sit there and tell you at 28 14 i thought the packers were coming back but once it got to be 28 21 i'm like jeez man yeah their offense has just been shady and it doesn't look like they can stop the packers at all see problem is you know the problem is not that the Packers scored it's that they scored so quickly so fast uh they didn't burn any time off the clock you know it's uh, when you're doing it like that, you know, there's just not a lot of faith in, on, on what the defense is going to do because we haven't seen them get drug, dug up the way they got dug up today uh, that often this year, if at all. Yeah, and it's, it's just a lot, man. And we've kind of talked about this, but some of the other comments coming in, and I see this here, you know, you had Prentice who tweeted at you, why is it every pass play tonight was covered? It seemed like Dak was throwing into tight coverage almost every pass. And I got to give Richard some credit here because he's exactly right. And you had pointed this out as well. Richard says every throw has to be perfect because there is so little separation from anyone on the field. And that includes CD, which is why Dak is throwing into tight coverage because these receivers are not creating a lot of separation. Mark Cooper ain't walking through that door, bro. No, they don't have guys who are great route runners. And that is, again, part of the reason why Dak, sometimes you see these throws and everybody, the easy thing is, well, Dak's, Dak's not very good. Dak's not doing this. The blame goes on the receiver too, guys. Receivers got to run better rights. Receivers got to help their quarter act out a little bit and get some separation. You know, kind of like Christian Watson did. Bro, they ain't trying to hear all of that right now because they, cause they mad and upset, and that's okay. But the reality of it is is um, that, yeah, I mean, it goes deeper than that, man. Um, they don't – I mean, you've already mentioned it. What was the feeling when Gallup went down? You're like, oh, my God, when is James Washington coming back? Think about that statement. 
you're praying for James Washington to be available real quick, and he's never been anything more than just a guy. Uh, there, And, you know, I'm going to take a quick exit rant, bro. Um, even if you get Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. you know, he had that, that thing, dog, in February. He tore his knee up in February. You know, that thing takes nine or ten months to get right. He may yeah. not even be right until December. And then he hadn't played. And so, you know, to me, you might get one or two games out of him in December. And then the playoffs, and that's why he wants a multi-year deal. So my point is, this is the receiver crew you're stuck with. Jalen Tolbert's a non-factor this year. Uh, who knows when the next time you'll see him again. But uh, this is what you got. You're going to have to live with it. Man, you're exactly right. I mean, Jalen Tolbert, the only thing I saw from him tonight was how in the world, and I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL wide receiver line up as far off sides as he was. I mean, that was like they showed the replay of that. I was like, how do you not realize that you're nowhere near the line of scrimmage? Now, I've got to say, it's interesting because every receiver I've ever seen, when they line up, looks at the uh, the the uh, official the right yeah. there, yeah, yeah, and and says, "Am I onside?" I mean, they, it's like an automatic thing. So, why he didn't do that is between him and his Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. Because I. I don't know what it is. And look, we already know how this is. The reality of it is Cowboys fans, we are going to overreact like crazy assholes anytime they lose, which is what we're getting on Twitter tonight. That And, and until they prove us wrong, then we're right. Same old thing that we've seen year in and year out. There is no belief that this team is going to go anywhere. And if they get into the playoffs, they'll lose their first playoff game because that's what they do. And if they want to change that narrative, then they're going to have to prove to us that they can be somebody that we have not seen them be. Nah, this is true, bro. Uh, there's still plenty of time to do it, uh, but they've got to play better. And, you know, I think here's what I'm saying, and I ain't breaking no news here. This is not a team that has a lot of margin for error. You know what I mean? They have to play pretty well. And they have to play a certain way. And when they do that, they're really hard to beat. But that margin for error is so small. If they deviate from that plan, well, you get what you get tonight. Yeah, and and I see a lot of people who are bringing up, why didn't they kick the field goal in overtime? Multiple of you. This is, they should have gone for it. Stupid, stupid decision. See, and and we kind of address that. But, But I would have to say at that point, let's keep in mind, everyone. A field goal doesn't win you the game in overtime. It just gives the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers led offense that, oh, by the way, just went down the field like your defense wasn't even on it multiple times in the fourth quarter. And it was a a 52, 53, whatever yard field goal. You'd been having success on fourth down. They obviously thought they had something drawn up that they liked. I didn't really have a problem with it. No, and again, it's 52 yards on a night where it's 25 degrees with a warm weather kicker kicking in the cold. Uh, and the ball's going to be harder. It's not going to carry as far. That's a really tough kick. Plus, as Matt said, that don't win you the game. And when I said that the defense was, had given him no confidence, the defense gave him no confidence he could stop him. So Mike McCarthy's like, I know the game is over if I score a touchdown. So, you know, that's that. Yeah, and I think that there was probably the idea of I don't want to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. And why can you blame him? Because look what happened when Aaron Rodgers got the ball back. Yeah, because this was uh, 
This was Aaron Rodgers' chance to succeed tonight. The last few games, he hadn't really had much of an opportunity to succeed. Tonight, he had one. So yeah. he didn't want to give him the ball back. Yeah, and again, I see a question here. What happened to the vaunted defensive secondary? Again, injuries. And as we have kind of painted the picture, I think, fairly well, as Jacques just told you, sometimes, you know, the next man up was supposed to be the next man up for a reason because he wasn't good enough to beat out the guy who was there in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can hope that they can play better. You can you can pray that they play better. Uh, but that don't mean that they will, especially when you look at the quality of the backups, a rookie and a dude who's been a bust. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. So, you know, again, you hope with a week first uh, with a week worth of practice, um, they can make it happen. But, you know, you just never know, bro. Yeah, and there's a lot of it, man. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of rush defense, the defense, the defense, what is going on, penalties at crucial times, the penalties and a lack of defense. This is an interesting one. How about this team has loser in its DNA? How do you fix that? Because this team is an embarrassment. You can't lose to the Packers right now. And I get that, but we're all going to feel, I would imagine, if, they, if let's see what happens next week. Because go on the road to Minnesota and beat an 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings team, and we're all going to be feeling pretty damn good about this thing. Oh, absolutely. And it'll be back to uh, sugar, what do you call it, gumdrops and lollipops. Uh, but they got to go do it first. Uh, the Vikings, uh, I think they've won all their games by one score or not. Uh, they played really good today. It was an exciting game, great game. Uh, Dallas will have a chance to beat them. At least the conditions will be fine indoors, and they'll just be about executing uh, what, what you do on offense and defense. But uh, Dallas is good enough to certainly go there and beat them. And then they got the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. So there's still time to, to do what would be a great uh, 12 game stretch which is two dubs including one over the eight and one uh, uh, Vikings and then another one over the, uh, the Giants and get back into second place in the division yeah and if you can do that reality of it is coming up after these next couple of games you get the Colts and the Texans at home both of those teams are horrible and then you go on the road to Jacksonville who's not good so th- th- this is I get it. I understand it because I haven't seen and I'm going to need to see the run defense show me that they can stop somebody or I don't really have a lot of faith that this goes far, if at all, in the playoffs. But the reality of it is with what you have coming up, show us that you are the team that we have seen you be able to be at times this year. Go beat Minnesota on the road next week in a game that most people will pick Minnesota to win. Including me. And you should. (laughs) Because, again, look, this is a team. Minnesota, we already, I said this earlier, they've got Dalvin Cook. They're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball with Dalvin Cook, who's already averaging 4.6 yards in attempt, who had a really solid game for them today. And this is a rush, a team that can run the football if they want to. And this is a Cowboys team that hasn't shown they can stop somebody from running. So go show us that we're wrong in what we have seen developing in recent weeks. You can nip in the bud. What did I tell you out of time, bro? I would love to be wrong. Got no problem with it, though. I would love to be wrong, too. But Dalvin Cook today against that Buffalo defense, 14 for 119. With a long of 81. How wild is that? Justin Jefferson against that vaunted Bills defense, 10 for 193. Oh, my. So welcome to Dallas, guys. You, you, you want to be a damn good defense? Dial up how to contain those two guys. And show me that you can. Show me that you can. And then I'll buy into it. Because right now, that, that is a serious problem that I feel like when, when you defend the run the way the Cowboys have been defending the run, it just allows teams to hang around. 
No, it does. And when no, it, it works both ways. When you run the ball, but you can't really pass it. Yeah. The same thing happens because either you 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 end up kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, or the game moves so quickly that all of a sudden it's the third, fourth quarter, and it's time to see if um, you know, if you can separate. Yeah, it is, and and. You know, maybe Zeke can get back. And again, it's not that you want to take him away. You you want to continue seeing Tony Pollard and the explosiveness. I mean, God, that touchdown run that he had, that 13 yards, he just like shot out of a cannon. But Zeke brings something to you that you're missing. And the balance that they had when it was Pollard and Zeke doing their thing, it'll be nice to hopefully have that back next week if he's able to give it a go when they go to Minnesota. Yeah, I just want him back when he's healthy and ready to do it. I don't want him looking like me back there because he's limping and he can't really turn or run or explode the way he should. So, you know, if he come back next week, great. If it takes another week after that, fantastic. If it takes another week after that, it's whatever, dog. As long as he gets back in time to uh, help once the playoffs start. Indeed. But, man, you, you look around the rest of the league, and it's, it's going to be this way forever. <laughs> In the, in the NFL every week when we talk about this because there's just not a lot of good teams. There's no teams in the NFL that everybody looks at and goes, holy crap. Like, I don't even think anybody looks at Minnesota that way, even though they just beat Buffalo on the road and they're eight and one. But Tampa Bay beat Seattle today, who's now six and four. You look at some of the teams that have been doing some things like Miami all of a sudden. I don't know how people realize this. Miami is in the lead. In the AFC East, they're seven and three, and that offense is, I mean, with the receivers that they have, and then today they ran all over Cleveland. Miami's got a little something, man. And it's obvious that they're going for it with the moves they made at the trade deadline and in the offseason. It, it's just, I don't know what you make of this league. I, Arizona doubles up and, and beats the Rams in LA by 10 points. You know, tomorrow night, I assume Philadelphia wins at home over Washington. But after what we've seen in the NFL this year, I have no idea. And I think Philadelphia's got enough to get them, I think. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the NFL has been tricky, man. But, I mean, it's kind of what you're saying. Um, it's wide open. It remains wide open no matter what the Cowboys did today. You just have to um, – you just can't let things get away from you. And, you know, if we're going to keep it real, man, it's it's all about setting yourself up for the best possible playoff situation. Not that three games behind uh, Philadelphia, you're like, you really put yourself in a dicey spot. Although Philadelphia at some point, I'm not convinced that they're going undefeated. So they'll lose to somebody that uh, we're all like, really? You lost that game? And then, you know, maybe that'll bring them closer to Dallas to get, you know, before the end of the season. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I don't think they're going to go undefeated, and I don't think they're going to lose just like one game. They'll lose a couple of games, even if they finish 15-2, and two, which would be incredible. They're going to lose at some point. But, I mean, you look at this, and you've got Philadelphia at 8-0, the Giants 7-2, and two, the Cowboys 6-3, and three, the Vikings at 8-1. and one. You know, Seattle is at 6-4. and four. San Francisco is playing right now, as I mentioned earlier. And then you look over in the AFC. In the AFC East, every single team has a winning record. The Dolphins are seven and three. The Jets and the Bills are six and three. The Patriots are five and four. You got the Ravens and the Bengals with winning records. The Titans are now six and three. Kansas City seven and two, and, and the Chargers right now are up in San Francisco. They might be six and three. I, it's interesting. It's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of bottleneck necking teams right there, bro. Yeah, that's exactly right. And as you have said, and as we have talked about many times, you want to be in the conversation 
when you get past Thanksgiving, the Cowboys have two more games. And if they can get those two and they're sitting at eight and three, or even if you're at seven and four, heading into the final six weeks of the season after Thanksgiving, you can get into a position where you can start positioning yourself for setting yourself up for the playoffs. Well, yeah, you just you just have to take it, man, and see how it comes. Because remember, the Bills were a uh, MRI away from their season having a real, real uh, shitty taste to it, bro. Because if Josh Allen has, you know, needs Tommy John surgery or, or needed it or whatever, yeah. and he's out, well, that thing's a wrap for them in this season, and that opens it up for somebody else. So you just want to be in position to get blessed or to take advantage of opportunity however it comes. And a couple wins right now would be able to do it. Yeah, it'd be nice. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be another 325 kick next Sunday. And then obviously, immediately after that, you roll on into Thanksgiving. And we'll see where they're at. That's the best that we can do. Is see where this team is at after the Thanksgiving game. Hope that you can knock off Minnesota and then you get the Giants at home. And like you mentioned, you beat the Giants and give yourself an opportunity to jump back ahead of them in the division. Let's hope that's that all. right. Hope for that. Yeah. No. I'll have the hope, faith, and optimism. Okay. Yeah, you do that, and then uh, I'll think about what's up. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But man, just a bummer today. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we we were in Oxford yesterday for the Ole Miss Alabama game that went right down to the basically the final play of the game, which was fantastic. You know, hanging out with my brother and the lady and her family in Oxford and doing some tailgating and and experiencing SEC football and then ending the weekend because me and my brother, he's still here. He flies back tomorrow and we're just hanging out on the couch watching the Cowboys game, getting pumped. And then the next thing you know, they lose. And we're like, well, that sucked. (laughs) That's how it goes, bro. That's uh, that's really how it goes, especially when you got that emotional investment. Uh, and you're hyped and you have such high expectations because of the week off, because they're playing well, and yeah. then they just – and they're leading, and they give you that uh, poop sandwich. Woo, it sucks. Yep, it does suck because we got a big bite out of it here this afternoon with just um, the ugly loss, the frustrating loss to the Green Bay Packers. But enjoy your week. We will have another episode coming your way on Wednesday, taking a look back at Green Bay and a look ahead to Minnesota Got some other notes that we'll get into on Wednesday as well. So enjoy it and we will talk soon.